and welcome to episode 20 of the Story Not Forgotten podcast. We are brought to you by Capturing Legacies. Because everybody has a story, it's time to tell yours. Visit CapturingLegacies.com to get started. My name is Liam Ratgaber, partner and anthologist with Capturing Legacies, as well as your host. And joining me today is an entrepreneur, an educator, and an entertainer specializing in the fire arts, Kezia Arsenault. Hi, Liam. Thanks for having me. This is great to be here. Thanks for joining us. Thanks. Well, because we do what we do without any ado, why don't you tell us a story? Sounds good. Um, I'm going to tell actually a little bit about how I became an entrepreneur, an educator, and mostly it all started with fire. Um, I was in Europe for two and a half years studying veterinary medicine and realizing that really as much as that was a lifetime dream of mine, realizing that probably actually wasn't the direction that I really wanted to go in. And I came back to Canada and after about six months, I got introduced to the fire community in Calgary. And that was a revelation. And anybody who has spun fire for the first time knows just how addictive it is. It's the sound, it's the the smell, (laughs) it's the the sound, it's the smell, it's the rush. And uh, I have to say that that my initial introduction into the fire arts was probably a little less than gentle. Um, a friend of mine, or well, who became a friend of mine actually, walked up to me standing on the, the edge of the fire spinning area with my virgin poi, which had never been burnt before. And I'm just standing there and I'm watching all of this amazing stuff that I've never seen before in my life. And he walks up to me and he says, so are you gonna burn those? <laughs> and I'm looking at him like, ah, uh, maybe. He's like, okay, let me let me help you out here. And he walks away with my poi. Now, just in case anyone doesn't know, poi. Poi. Uh, poi is a Maori art where you are spinning balls, pretty much, but balls of fire on chains mm-hmm. in really interesting and on, and, on, and amazing patterns. Um, you will know poi when you see it. It's really really awesome. Um, so he walks away from my poi, dunks them, spins them off, pushes me onto this concrete pad at Riley Park. <laughs> says, are you care? Are you ready? I'm like, no, he lights them on fire. I'm like, what am I supposed to do with this? I believe that's what's called a trial by fire. It really was. It absolutely was. And uh, he's like, you might want to start spinning those. I'm like, oh, okay. And, and uh, after that, I was hooked. The cool thing was, was that through that fire community, I met a lot of other really like-minded people which was amazing. We had, you know, we had several people of several different disciplines. There's a lot of disciplines in fire arts. There's, there's poi, which I started with. There's staff, which a lot of people have seen. There is hoop, which a lot of people have seen. Uh, there are fans, which is what I took up next because mm-hmm. it has a really nice flow to it. And I, I like technical stuff in some props and flow in others. And, and fans was my uh, opportunity to just dance with Yeah, the fire. fans are very elegant to watch. They are very elegant to watch. And then I got into whips. And that's pretty much what I'm... <laughs> that's what everybody really knows me for, is whip. And it's uh, it's exciting. And I, I love the fact that it is a very simple art. It requires some courage. Um, but for the most part, the whip does most of, most of the work. However, 
Um, you know, I do have a rather signature style of wrapping said whip around me while fully on fire and very recently fueled and thus setting myself on fire, which everybody, there's two different reactions that happen <laughs> to that one. Uh, obviously there's, there's the, wow, and there's the, holy crap, your ass is on fire. And, you know, there's all the theatrics of making sure that I, you know, very carefully wipe my ass of fire and that just titillates the crowd even more. So lots and lots of fun. And then I got into fire eating and I had the grandmaster uh, in the world of fire eating in my living room for almost a week, teaching me how, like teaching how to play with fire and various other things. And his name is Shade Flamewater. If you guys ever want to look at YouTube for Shade Flamewater, he will bend, he'll break your brain. He will absolutely break your brain. So that's, I mean, that's been my progression of fire arts over the last few years. Um, but my company, my educate, my entertainment company, Firestorm uh, Entertainment, came about from a song. And that's the way that my creative brain seems to work, especially for fire. So I'm driving along, and the song Ladies and Gentlemen by Saliva came on the radio. Mm -hmm. And my right brain, which had been really quite ignored for the last 20 years as I, as I focused on veterinary medicine and science and stuff like that, suddenly woke up and going, Hey, and this is, this is, this is my creative process. My right brain wakes up and goes, so we're going to do this thing. (laughs) Oh, really? Yep. We're going to do this thing. So we need to start thinking about this. Oh, okay. So we heard this song and my right brain woke up and said, we know more than enough people with different fire disciplines that we could actually do choreography to that song, so why don't we do that? And uh, the rest, they say, is history. Because it was really, it was me bringing together those friends. And then some friends deciding they don't want to do things, other friends coming in, making new friends. Um, I took over the fire jams in Calgary right around this time, and so... Now I'm surrounded by new talent all the time. So it was absolutely really fabulous that I had access to all of these people. Like, would you like to perform? Like, really? I'm like, <laughs> yes. Whoa, okay, let's do that. Um, so I actually formed Firestorm almost exactly eight years ago today. It was right around this period of time that I actually had the first meeting with all the people that I had chosen. And... Um, while the the company itself has gone through eh, some ups and downs and some changes and stuff like that, it actually is eight years old. And that is, to me, uh, personally, uh, quite an achievement. And, and, and I really have enjoyed the progression. We started out as a troupe, and there were between six and eight of us most of the time. Mm-hmm. And then people's lives kind of changed, and, and my... Me not wanting to manage eight really delicately egoed performers who were flighty and stuff like that kind of got the better at me, better of me at one point. And I just kind of went, you know, maybe I'll stick with being solo for a while. And solo has kind of been where I've been at with collaborations with with people that I bring in if there's a call for more people. Mm -hmm. But solo has basically been where I've been at now for probably four or five years. And I'm finding it it much more comfortable. Um, But 
this particular path was completely unscripted. It was a, it was a whim that developed into a, a company. And um, with that whim, I've actually, there's been other whims that I've kind of taken on just because I A, felt the need and B, I got asked. Mm -hmm. So um, I've been teaching like fire safety to the performers in Southern Alberta now for about five years. And it, we, I teach them all about all the different kinds of fuels and how they interact and what we like to use, why we like to use them, um, you know, what kind of clothes to wear, all the safety aspects of playing with fire. And then a lot of people are taking this course because they want to start performing. And so I teach them how to deal with Calgary Fire Service and fire marshals and what they need and all that kind of stuff. So that then led to um, doing regular science talks on the science of fire play at Telespark. And I've done at least four of those over the last few years, which is really, really awesome. And I, um, that particular workshop in the first year that I did it got voted best workshop of the year. Wow. So yay me. <laughs> really, really cool. And I've actually been asked by another company now um, to do that same workshop as, as, as a demo which is great because I person personally, I love it. And, uh, you know, it also gives me an opportunity to, um, initiate people who would never even think for a second about playing with fire. Right. So the fun part about tell a spark is that I call up audience members. I'm like, okay, who wants to try this? Right. And I know what I'm doing. I know how to protect them. I know how to, you know, make it safe for them. And so, you know, they get to experience just a little bit of, of what I've been doing for the last half an hour, putting flames out with my mouth and my hands and running flames all over my arms and holding, having them count down um, how long I can actually hold it on my tongue, which is somewhere between 10 and 15 seconds, depending on the humidity in the air. Again, a little <laughs> bit of science there. Um, and, uh, you know, they, it's, they're fascinated by it and it's, it's so much fun for me because it's like, I know this really, really well. So that kind of thing is really, I, I love teaching, right? And so the education aspect of, of fire play and, and fire safety is something that I am really known for now. Like anybody goes, okay, I want to start playing with fire. You need to go talk to Keys mm -hmm. because she's the one that actually... I'm, they call me the fire Nazi. Uh, Nazi's not a great word these days. However, I am, I am, I am the fire. Like I, well, I, I developed a leadership in this role that I did not intend. Right. I, 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 um, people started calling me and going, okay, well, this is happening. Knowing that I'm a stickler for making sure that everybody's following the rules because one person's mistake and this has happened to us. One person's mistake affects the entire community. Well, yeah, and one person gets burned and suddenly it's too dangerous for anybody to do. That's right. Or it's too expensive for anybody to do because risk because management. Because insurance. Yeah. Well, so back in May of 2015, we had an incident that destroyed the fire community in Calgary. Just decimated it. We had a, um, somebody who was supposed to have been experienced that had been spending for 12 years um, spinning on the Red Mile during a Flames game in one of our kind of spring blustery days. 
so it's kind of wet. So number one, you can't spin fire in a busking license. Number two, fire marshals are never, ever, 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 ever going to allow you to spin fire on the Red Mile with that kind of volume. No. There's just no way. This guy did everything wrong. He is, he is a prime example of doing absolutely everything wrong for a pro, for a pro fire spinner. And um, so he's, he's spinning for a crowd with no real barriers. He's got one safety that's not really paying all that much attention. They move locations, and as he's walking, he doesn't realize that his fuel container is, is leaking. So he gets to his new location. His safety is not on it. He lights up and he lights up like a Roman candle. So he's in the hospital, and we, we all understand that this is, this is a shitty situation. This is our worst nightmare for any of us. Then he goes crying to the media because he's self-employed and he needs he he needs somebody to help him with his GoFundMe. And um, it was kind of at that point that I guess my leadership of the Calgary community kind of really solidly happened um, because I made contact with him and his fiance. I'm like, what did you just do? Right? Do you understand what you just did? And they're like, oh, well, we'll recover and all this kind of stuff. And what's really important is, is that we get this guy, you know, all the help he needs and stuff like that. I'm like, no, you just decimated the livelihood of those of us that actually perform professionally. And properly. And properly following the rules. You have no idea how badly you've just screwed us. And he's been kind of a pariah in the community ever since um, because as an immediate result of that situation, he, um, they raised our, insur- our, our permit costs 300%. They also demanded a level of insurance that in Canada was not possible at the time, right? So he basically single-handedly for about two years decimated um, fire spinning in Calgary. It, like, it just didn't happen. We're starting to recover now, which is awesome. Um, but uh, because of that situation, we um, we lost our insurance. Mm-hmm. Um, it was right around the time that we were starting to hit the, the recession pretty hard. And so corporations were can't afford, can't afford Christmas parties for their staff, much less entertainment that costs five or $600 or however much it is, depending on the size of your troop. Um, so <laughs> in this in this vacuum of not having anything to do and not having any way to do it, I reached out to the other leaders in the fire community since I seemed to be one all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay, guys, what are we going to do about this? Because we need insurance. Um, this is going to take some time to build, which is probably good because we need to get as far away from this incident as possible. And we, uh, they went, well, well, we've been talking about putting together this idea for years, but everybody just said, well, it's too much work. We don't want to do it. So cue me banging my head against my desk repeatedly at this point, because nobody's actually willing to put in the effort to help make sure that this community actually stays healthy and continues to grow. So... (laughs) I did not start out 
uh, Firestorm with the idea that I would A, be teaching um, fire safety, B, advocating to the city that we're actually a fairly safe community, and then C, working with a broker to develop a Canada-wide um, performer's insurance policy that would actually give us the coverage that we needed in Calgary now. Calgary is one of the most stringent places in Canada to spin fire in terms of what they require for permits and, and how much it is and all of the like all of an, all of the minutiae that they require for us to give in. Um, growing growing up as a fire spinner in that community, it's been fantastic for me because if you if you start with the most stringent, right, then when you go to other places and they're less stringent, it's like, okay, this is easy, but you're still going to bring those really safe practices. Because mm-hmm. that's how you're used to working there. That's right. And um, I have to say that there have there are several cities that have taken my process, which I, of course I have been using in Calgary for years, have taken my process and they have integrated that into their policies um, for future fire performances, right? It's fantastic. Um, the safer, the better. Um, so uh, about a year and a half or uh, two and a half years ago, I started, th- I started down this road realizing that I was not going to get any help whatsoever, really. I really was on my own for this one because a lot of people were disillusioned with the fire community now and because we couldn't spin, we'd gotten kicked out of our fire jam space and so everybody's really depressed about that um, because the bylaws had changed and, and what not. And um, Well, it's also trying to get the bureaucratic side taken care of for an artistic community. That's right. And those are, that's oil and water. Yes, and it's very, very challenging, especially especially with something as dangerous as this. Um, that being said, of the disciplines that I do, I do stilt walking as well. And trust me, stilt walking is actually far more dangerous than fire spinning any day. <laughs> you know, you get, you get, you know, you get somebody who's a couple hundred pounds up on stilts and it's remarkable how little people pay attention until you're right on top of them. And so, you know, like over, over the years of being a stilt walker, I've had a lot of really close calls where somebody has knocked into me and it's a good thing I was paying attention to them and could maintain my balance because if I had <laughs> fallen on them, that's where the liability really would have come in. So um, back to the insurance, we, uh, me and my broker, um, her name is Shelly and she works for, uh, she works for McLean and Shaw up in Edmonton. She's neat. She, uh, she set up the policy for the role of Derby girls. Ah, um, which had never been done before. And it's it's about the same kind of, of setup that we have here, except that um, we divided all of these skills for basically every kind of performer in Canada. The intent was to start with fire first. And then I'm like, well, why? Why only fire? Because I can, we could, there's, there's probably 15,000, 20,000 performers in Canada why don't we just cover all of the performing arts and therefore, mm-hmm. you know, the return eventually as this thing grows is going to be a lot better. And um, so we did exactly that and we got Lloyds of London. Wow. Which <laughs> everybody that I had talked to about this before, that is who they have been trying to get. But the combination of me and Shelley and me being a demanding bitch, I'm like, okay, <laughs> I want this and I want this and I want this and I want this and I want this. 
And she went back and she's like, she came back. She's like, um, are you sitting down? Yes. Good, because they gave you everything you asked for. But, <laughs> oh, crap. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, and it's, I mean, most of who I have signed up these days are fire spinners for the most part. But as work kind of grows that we have all of these skills that of course is going to increase and uh, that's going to be a really, really awesome thing. And it, it maintains, it helps to develop a really strong standard across Canada mm -hmm. for all disciplines for compliance, safety, and, and all that kind of stuff. But for the fire spinners, especially. Um, so I was able to initiate that in July of 2016. And um, that was a very, very proud moment for me. Really, really proud. But again, not something I ever, ever expected that I would ever, ever be doing. You kind of think of these institutions that you've bought into before that are providing you with this stuff will always just be there. And um, it is definitely not the case. But I'm kind of hoping that Canadian Circus Performers Association will actually be one of those institutions that I think a lot of people can rely on for the rest of their life. And uh, we really want to um, expand what we offer in terms of in terms of insurance. So we're looking at troop insurance. We're looking at um, like personal liability for for performers who, for the most part, are self-employed, mm -hmm. right? So if they get hurt or their tools get destroyed or whatever, they actually have a recourse to help with that. Um, so we have we kind of want to become like one-stop shopping. For all of your performance items. <laughs> um, so that's been uh, that's been really interesting. And then I, uh, <laughs> you know, at, as you do, things progress. Um, and about three years ago, I got approached by a friend of mine going, so um, something we've been wanting to ask you for a while, but we, 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 we now are coming to a crunch time. What would you think about doing fireworks? Like, oh, really? <laughs> like, yeah, we have it. Like we, here's the course and go take the course. And then you train under, you know, people who have been in the field for forever and stuff like that and learn all that stuff. Well, you're an expert in fire and you're not afraid of work. So it just seems like the next logical step. Well, you know, and I play with double <laughs> fire whips. So I have a certain level of fearlessness that is probably, it's, it's kind of a necessary quality when you're playing with bombs. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, in the, in the field, we do call them bombs because the, um, you know, like they, they, some of them fit in the palm of your hand. Some of them take like two hands to hold up. But the reality of it is, is that if those things go off in your vicinity, you are paced or in cases of some of the bigger ones, you're fine mist, um, or you've lost an arm or half your head or, or whatever. And, um, you know, I kind of went, all right, Sure. <laughs> sure. Let's do this. And so I've been working with Magnum Fireworks now for about three years and I got my supervisor's license and I asked myself after year one, I'm like, okay, where do I want to go with this? Because the idea of working for other people was really starting to chafe. Mm -hmm. And despite the fact that I had a lot to learn, I knew that I, I had a lot to learn. It was, I was starting to look for ways that I was, I was going to be able to express myself through fireworks, not helping Magnum make their goals. Mm -hmm. And um, we did our first pyro musical, I think, in the second year. And I was just, oh, like, oh, light bulb, ding. <laughs> light bulb went off. And that was really cool. I'm like, huh. 
So the uh, kind of the next evolution, I guess, of 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 Firestorm and and my kind of creative outlet of fire and pyrotechnics is I'm going to do start doing custom pyro musicals, hopefully for special events and weddings, and I'm hoping to have that kind of up and running by next summer. Um, and uh, that is extremely exciting for me because I, I am completely governed by music. Mm-hmm. I love it. And there are, my, my friends will be driving the car with me and we'll be singing along and suddenly a song will come out and be like, and I'll stop. And they, they know, they know exactly what that, that look is. They're like, okay, what did you just see? Oh, I saw this and I saw that and I saw this. We could do that. And it was like... That's really, really cool. And then I, I listen to that song probably 15, 20 times in a row and get a really good sense of it. And then I start to choreograph to it. And I, the cool thing about Firestorm, and I, I, I'm really grateful for this kind of latent talent, is that um, I can choreograph, I can costume, I can leather work, I... I can figure things out fireworks wise. I've, I've most of everything that I've done in the firestorm realm of things has been purely by instinct. It's been purely by, I want to, it's like, okay, I want to do this. So how would I do it? And 10 minutes of research on the internet will give me a good start. And then I just kind of take it from there. So, I uh, I really appreciate that quality about myself because um, many people have gone, okay, well, where did you train? Where did you go to school? All that kind of stuff. And my, I figured it out. I figured it out, you know, and it, it did not, I did, it didn't take all that long. It's like, well, do you think that you would, do you think that you would go into, you know, like you would actually get some schooling for these things to become like a real pro? And I'm like, no, because I like being the jack of all trades. Mm-hmm. I love it. In fact, most of my fire arts have been on that principle because I know 100 point spinners. I know 700 hoopers. I have 50 staff members or staff people over there. But nobody does whips, especially not the way that I do. There are very, very few fire eaters. Um, there are very, very few people that do fans. And so while I may have started out in a main, in kind of like a mainstream for a fringe community, a mainstream discipline, I actually branched out into areas that nobody else was going into because I wanted to fill the niches mm-hmm. that we had. You know, like I, three props is not enough to build a half an hour show. Seven props, now that's a half an hour <laughs> show. Um, and uh, we've gotten, you know, we, we've gotten a lot of, we've had a lot of fun. We've had a lot of fun. We toured with Can West, the taboo shows for a couple of years. And uh, that was just remarkable. They didn't even get upset with, at me that I burnt their stage. They thought that was actually kind of a badge of honor, which is fantastic. So I'm really glad for, <laughs> really glad for open-minded um, companies that I work for. And we, you know, we've traveled, we've traveled the width and breadth of Alberta and into Saskatchewan and stuff like that. And while I haven't done much touring in the last couple of years, it's definitely something that if, if it was ever an opportunity, I would definitely do it again. But I don't know that I would do a troop tour again, because that's just way too much 
work that I don't really think I'm willing to do anymore. Yeah, with artistic types, that's that's a lot of cat herding on the road. Cat herding on the road. They're high on catnip. They've just come in from, they've got the zoomies, you know, like, <laughs> like trying to wrangle, yeah, trying to wrangle performers is like trying to wrangle a cat who's got the zoomies. Yeah, six of them are running around and one of them is sitting in a corner crying. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And they all look to me like, okay, what do we do now? Like, how many times have we done this show? Like, do I really, really need to walk you through this again? <laughs> And yes, unfortunately, I did need to walk them through it just about every time. And I did need to act as an MC and as a and as a as a stage manager and and all this kind of stuff. Like I am not paying myself nearly enough for me to be doing all of this stuff. Whereas being solo or working with with a couple of different people that I've come to trust over the years has been uh, a lot more satisfying a lot less work for me and um you know i i hope to grow the firestorm brand for sure with more fire performances um higher caliber fire performances um yeah fireworks the next big project besides the fireworks is a flow festival that i'm doing uh during the family day long weekend near prittis mm -hmm. and uh we the Alberta and BC used to have several different flow fests during the year, and they've all kind of gone away. And so we've had a full year of none of that. And everybody's getting squirrely. And I got approached going, so what would you think about actually creating something like this? I'm like, I'd be totally down for that. And then she abandoned the project for her own. And I'm like, okay, well, um, what's happening here? She's like, just take it. So <laughs> like, It sounds right. Okay, Sure. Uh, so yeah, that's the that's the next big thing, and I I have been kind of languishing a little bit on it. My mother is a fantastic graphic artist, and I am eternally grateful for her because she created the CCPA logo. Mm -hmm. She's now creating the Midwinter Flow Festival logo. Um, it's and and she actually asked me if she could do the second logo. <laughs> have you well trained? Um, so. I, uh, I'm, I, it's, my creative process is kind of one of those ones where everything's percolating in the back of my head, but now things are starting to come forward and I really only have three months to put this together. So it's time to get my ass in gear, but I'm really looking forward to it because it's going to be really awesome to bring all of these flow artists together to, we teach each other. So there's instructors that teach specific disciplines and we have, um, like an artist showcase where everybody gets to show off. Mm -hmm. um, and then we just have classes of various sorts and levels and skills and tools and stuff like that that everybody can participate in for the weekend. So I'm really looking forward to that. It's time to get some work done, but it's, uh, it will happen because yeah. that's just the way that I am. <laughs> well, exactly that, that it is just the way that you are. I mean, we've known each other for quite a 20 while. Years. Yeah, about 20 years 20 now. 20 years. Yep. And one thing that I've always really admired about you is you usually have either the the very logical step-by-step -step people or the very artistic, flowy, creative people. Yeah. And you can usually do one or the other. And you do these amazing artistic, creative endeavors, and you come at it from a very logical, uh, like a very step-by-step -step point of view. Yeah. So you, you kind of have the best of both worlds. I and do. that, I think, is why you've 
he stepped slash been thrust into such a leadership position because you're doing the things that the creative people do, but you, your personality and your thought process is very much more managerial and very, very professional. So it's something that I'm sh- I know the rest of the troop appreciates about you because you're somebody that they can look to. Plus, then you then you literally crack the whip and everyone's like, "Well, I'm I'm paying attention to her." <laughs> and it's something I've noticed that the, even when there's a when there's a big spin going on, you got 15, 20 people out there, and you've usually got four or five spins going on at any given time. When you start soaking the whips, everybody stops because. Well, they want to watch because there is nothing more badass than you stepping up with two flaming whips. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> I think I actually have more pictures of me doing whips than I have anything else. Absolutely anything else. I, I think I have more pictures of you doing the whips than I have of you doing anything true. else. That is probably true. And if you've the never same- seen it, uh, when I post this, uh, go to our Facebook page, A Story Not Forgotten, if you're not already there. I will post a whole album of pictures from uh, from various fire spins, and there's plenty of whip photos in there, so trust me, you will be impressed. And, you know, maybe try and follow uh, Firestorm Performance Troop on Facebook as well, and we'll tell you when we are going to be uh, performing and, and out and about and whatnot, maybe come and catch a show, you know, live and in person, because trust me, they just don't do it justice. Pictures don't catch the sound. no. Or the smell. There's there's one thing that stuck with me from back in the days when I tentatively tried my hand at spinning before uh, before I decided it would be in my best interest not to anymore. <laughs> that was before all the safety classes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> was uh, I was a I was a staff spinner because I took uh, from back when I used to fight quarter staff. It's a lot of the same moves. The ends are just on fire, and that sound when you first get it going. Where it sounds like there's a helicopter trying to land on your head. Yeah. And it's just instant adrenaline. And when I go out to photograph spinners and I hear that sound again, it gets the heartbeat going again. It's something that never leaves you. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I uh, I, I love it. So you've got a ton of projects on the go. I do. Let's get as many plugs in as you, as you can remember. Okay. All right. So uh, Firestorm Performance Troop on Facebook. So follow me there. Um Midwinter Flow Festival is happening February 14th to 16th, I think. The long weekend, the family day long weekend in February. We'll get a link up. We'll get a link up. Uh, Pyro musicals for special events and weddings coming via Firestorm Entertainment are coming soon to a town near you, hopefully early spring summer of next year so that'll be under the firestorm brand so if they're following you on facebook which i'm sure they will i hope so they'll be able to find it there yes absolutely and um and uh yeah if you have any questions you can email me like on facebook kezia arsenault um that's very very difficult to spell but if you look for firestorm you should be able to find it no problem um, and, uh, if you have, and if you, if you think that would be awesome for your event and I will, then, uh, you should definitely contact me because we bring a really unique spark to your events. And given that I'm known as the safety Nazi, it is a safe spark, but it's a fiery one. You're not going to want to, you're not going to want to pass up on that opportunity. Yeah, you bring the danger in the safest manner possible. That's exactly, <laughs> <laughs> exactly it. 
Well, thank you so much for taking the time to tell your story. Thank you very much for having me. I really appreciate it. Make sure to get pictures and links and everything up on our Facebook page and around our various social media outlets. And until next time, everybody has a story to tell. It's time to tell yours. Visit CapturingLegacies.com to get started. really hope you enjoyed this episode of Story Not Forgotten. If you did, please remember to give us a like, share us around your social media, and then head over to iTunes or the Google Play Store to subscribe so that you never miss a future episode. While you're there, we would really love it if you would give us a rating or a review. The more of those we have, the higher we'll appear in search results, allowing us to find more guests and bring more stories to more of you. If you have a story that you would like to have featured on the show, please head over to CapturingLegacies.com and click on the podcast tab to get a hold of us. And until next time, what's your story?